Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And as you may have just heard from our intro song, we are talking Madman this week. Because this is the first episode of our Summer Camp Slashers uh, series for August. Yes. Um, so Summer Camp Slashers, uh, of course, started with Friday the 13th. Uh, of course, we'll be discussing none of those because we discussed those on each Friday the 13th, as you may know by now. Uh, but yeah, it kick-started a trend. It, it was a trend that was already in place that started with Psycho, went to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, went to Black Christmas, went to Halloween. Bay of and Blood. Then, Bay of Blood. And then, and then went to uh, Friday the 13th. And, uh, and then from that point onwards, the 80s was just full of uh, slasher films, particularly in some accounts for a few of them. Yeah, I think I think... In terms of slasher films, you get many little offshoots. So you've got Friday the 13th, which created the summer camp slasher films, uh, Madman, Sleepaway Camp, and so on. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you've got um, a number of sort of backwards yokel South of America, um, like... Uh, Hills of Ice, which we Hills spoke of about Ice, last Hills week. Hills of Ice. What, what's the one I'm thinking of, though? Eaten uh, Motel Alive. Hell, Eaten Alive. You, you get that little offshoot, you know, Halloween. You got a lot of suburban slashers. Mm-hmm. Um, you got, oh my God. Offerings. You, <laughs> offerings. Um, but yeah, so I think as a genre in horror, I think slasher really has given us the, the broadest yeah. of uh, films. Yeah, we've got a very wide range. Uh, but of course, it's August, so it's hot weather and we're talking about summer camp slashers. Yes. So, uh, Madman was released in 1981. It was directed by Joe Giannano. Giannani? Giannani? Giannine? Uh, G-I-A-N-N-O-N-E. Try pronouncing that. Gione. <laughs> Gione. We'll go with that. Okay. It was made on a $350,000 budget and it made $1.3 million at the box office. So relatively successful. Yeah. I, I, again, with slasher films, I think a lot of the time you could throw any old shit out and it would yeah. make money, really. Well, especially during the early 80s when it was the beginning of the slasher craze. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Vincent Price was originally wanted for the role of Max, the uh, the leader of the uh, the summer camp. Uh-huh. Then they looked at that budget and was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> Paul Ayler, who plays uh, Madman Mars, uh, his son was born during the shooting of this film, and he went immediately to the hospital in full Madman Mars gear. <laughs> and the first picture of him holding his son, he's in costume as Madman oh, Mars. Wow. <laughs> I must discard his kid. Um, so a conversation we had prior to recording this is the fact that you can tell this is obviously filmed in winter, but the crew were desperate to have you believe that it was the summer and they painted all the leaves of the trees and bushes green. Yeah, do you know what they didn't do? Take their coats off. <laughs> they all wear it and they all look cold as well. Everybody <laughs> yeah. looks cold in this film. It's confusing. <laughs> uh, Paul Ehlers uh, said that the feet he wore for the costume was so slippery that the scenes where he's in a tree, he almost fell out of the tree. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, producer Gary Sales wrote the songs featured in the film, and there are some great songs featured in this film. There's a very nice romantic song um, during the best <laughs> sex scene of all time. Uh, <laughs> it's a very romantic film. We get a variation very of the theme song staying at the start, and then obviously we get the main theme song, which you've already heard as our introduction. We, you get that at the end credits. And you get an instrumental version yes. of that throughout. It's, it's a very good score. Very synth-heavy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, this is definitely uh, 80s in its purest form. Wouldn't you say so? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was originally based on the Cropsy Killer legend, but that was already taken by a film we are discussing next week. Yes, the burning. Yeah, so they, they found out that there, there was rumours that the burning was based on the Cropsey killer, so they just rewrote their entire script. And, 
We've got Madman Mars. Yeah, another summer camp uh, slasher film. It's very American, though, isn't it? Yeah. Summer camps. Yeah. You don't get that sort of stuff here in the UK. I, I think you kind, you kind of do, but it, it's not really... Um, Dolly Mark in primary school. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of... I mean, when we say summer camp here in the UK, it tends to be in a random field somewhere in tents. Yeah. Uh, and hope hoping and praying it doesn't rain. But did you did you not have Dolly Mark when you were in primary school? Who had Dolly Mark? Was that was that, that like that cabins was and different. stuff? No, no, that, that I didn't was... go, but I, I knew. No, I knew Dolly Dolly Mark was a building in Wales, oh, there we go. a very large building, and we we went on excursions and stuff, and went up hills and and all that business, but um, it wasn't anything like a summer camp. No. Well, that's a show. <laughs> Um, Jan Cla- uh, Jan Clare uh, assisted with the casting. Uh, Jan Clare is, of course, our Gail Platt lookalike, <laughs> and she was brought on to play Gail Platt, otherwise known as Ellie, at the last minute uh, because the original actress dropped out. So, uh, for any of our uh, non UK listeners, now, now I say non UK instead of American because we've been getting some listeners in Germany recently, oh, okay, uh, and and other various places. We had like South Winter. Africa. Um, I mean, I, it, I don't know if you can understand a word we're saying, but if you can, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Um, so <laughs> fucking English can't understand what we're saying after time. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, fuck knows how confused our American listeners have always been, but they've always stuck with us, so you, you can't really complain. Uh, I mean, which we wouldn't anyway, but they obviously not complain. I'm going to shut the fuck up. Please. Um, yeah, so for, for our non-English uh, listeners, Gail Platt is a soap personality. Uh, yes. from Coronation Street. Coron- Just Google Gail Platt Coronation Street. Yeah. And then Google Ellie from Madman, nineteen eighty one, and you'll see the uh, the similarities. <laughs> she looks exactly like her. We'll we'll post a comparison on Instagram. But I, I have to say, it also does show that she's not an actress. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. So. Yeah, she's the only one that really. I mean, everyone else that the you can tell they're trying to provide high dramatics, trying to be serious. And and for the most part, the performances aren't awful. But the, poor old Gail, she struggles. <laughs> she she just looks like she's dying to laugh all the time. She does struggle. <laughs> she looks so happy when she's dying. <laughs> she, does, she does. So this um the the ending was supposed to be a sequel set up, uh, where Richie was blamed for the murders and Madman Mars still roamed the woods. Yeah, that's very obvious. I'm sad that it didn't get a sequel. This had potential. Yeah, do you th- think it could have been a franchise? I think so. I think so. I I like Madman Mars as a character. I think uh, I think he's a, a very good villain. Uh, very very scary in in comparison to some of the other slasher villains. Uh yeah yeah he's he he looks weird, doesn't he? Yeah, he's very similar to uh, Victor Crowley from Hatchet. Yes, that is very true. I think this may have been a major influence that on that is, film. That is very true, yeah. Uh, Tony Fish, who plays TP, he actually choked himself with a rubber band for the hanging scene, and the pale colour of his face during that scene was authentic. Yeah, is it really the kind of film you go method for? <laughs> I know, and to play TP as well. Yeah. Love Machine TP, fucking hell. He dies quite early on. He does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it's, you know, you're not Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> so, so as, as well as being um, released at the beginning of the slasher craze, this is also released at the beginning of the video nasty craze. So it was passed and cut for UK cinemas by the BBFC. Um, and then there was a, a, a pre-cert video from VRO pre-cert video that was briefly seized by Hampshire police during the video nasty scare. Uh, no prosecutions were made, but it wasn't released fully uncut until 2002 when it was released by Anchor Bay. Yeah. Now, I was desperate to get that DVD in 2002. We had that DVD. Um, I, I didn't... I didn't think I watched it... No, I wouldn't watch it straight away. I didn't watch the first horror film until shortly after that. Um, I think around 2003, 2004 times when I first watched this. Um, I don't know, it's been about like 12, whatever. And it scared shit out of me. I remember, because my dad got the DVD because he knew about this film. He must have seen it in the 80s and whatnot. Um, and it just it just fascinated me because we didn't have a lot of DVDs at that time. We had this, uh, Jason Goes to Hell and uh, The Howling Free and Return of the Living Dead Free. 
Oh wow! So out of uh, out of that bunch, uh, as you can imagine, uh, this was the best one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I love Return of the Living Dead three, but there's, just, there's something about Madman that's just it's got so much charm to it, and it feels like a proper slasher film and. It feels like a bit of a rip-off yeah. of what came before, yeah. even in 1981. Uh, to me, it, it, it has original stuff, you know, the mm. whole character of Madman. It's a very good death scenes. And the, the little tune that, that they sing throughout, mm. you know, that's very interesting. Yeah. But um, the, there are moments in the soundtrack where it goes... Yeah, you know, it, it wanted to be Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, and you know, one person is killed by being placed on a hook. Yeah, you know, that's pure Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. I, I, it wears its influences on its sleeve, which you know, I, I'm not against that. Quentin Tarantino's made a, a living, mm-hmm. uh, from that, and he's created some. No, fantastic it's rare you'll films get any in the process. Yeah, well, it's rare you'll get any posts. Halloween post Friday the thirteenth original slashers, really. Well I mean even within it's themselves. Called Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah, well, right. I mean, post Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> should we say. And then Scream and we we've spoke about this timeline before. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I mean as as a kid, like the scenes where at the beginning where, you know, the campfire build up and, and go through the house and everything, I thought it was genuinely really scary. It's uh so I think it's a lot more creepy than other slasher films. Yeah, it's it's quite, got more more atmosphere. It's I think. quite bloody as well. It, it is, yeah. Or level up. Yeah. Uh, my history with this film is that, <laughs> well, I was I was desperate to get the DVD in two thousand and two when it came out on Anchor Bay, um, and I did eventually a year or, or maybe two later. Uh, I can't really remember. And the first time, first two times I tried to sit down and watch the film, I fell asleep. Not because it was boring. You know, watching it now, it's a good film. It's enjoyable, it's fun. Um, but I don't, I don't understand why I kept falling asleep. <laughs> and it, some, first time it was like in the middle of the day. And I just, I think, I know this sounds weird, and you're probably going to laugh at me, but I think the soundtrack, it has a very sort of low hum to it at points. Disclaimer, like Chris this... also fell asleep this time watching it as well and had to I wake up. I did a up. little bit, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's the soundtrack. You know how, like, there's certain noises mm. that affect dogs in certain ways? I think maybe, like, the the low synth that's, like, almost a hum at points, I think it sends me to sleep. And that is why the soundtrack is so special. It has the same effect on you as it has on dogs. <laughs> There's also some scenes where they investigate for a very long time. They do investigate for a very long time, let's be honest. And, uh, Gary did have to wake me up during this one. So maybe if he hadn't been here... You, you've officially only watched it. now. There's only one time you've watched it and stayed awake fully. Yeah, that's true. true. Well, let's get into it and we'll talk about the long investigating. So the plot is a very short plot in comparison to what we normally read out. A legendary psycho- psychopathic murderer stalks a summer camp. That's it. Yeah. Title card is placed over a painting of trees. This is done by the actor who plays Madman Mars. Uh, and he wanted it to be the artwork, but he officially chose against it. And we get the theme song. Well, we get the synth music over the top in the opening credits. The, the uh, painting at the start. Oh, for the poster? Yeah. Oh, it would be shit. I know. <laughs> And we get a title card saying it all started at North Sea Cottages, a special retreat for uh, children. Is that? No, it was a retreat for special children. Special children, that's it. A retreat for special children. Okay, I'm going to point this out now before I forget. So there's five children <laughs> at this camp. And there's how many camp counsellors? <laughs> About one, two, three, four, five. Eight. And then the guy who runs it. So six. 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 So there's six camp Counselors and the owner, yeah, including the owner, and five children that are at this camp, this and a random guy with a bottle of whiskey. Uh, oh god, yeah, <laughs> what's that? And, and the that? person who woke him up as well. I don't know where these two people appeared oh, I from. I it was Stacy that woke him up. Was it Stacy yeah, who woke him up? Okay, but this guy, don't know who the fuck he is. No. I don't know if he's the cook. I, th- I think he's, he's dressed like Madman Mars and he looks a bit like him as well. Yeah, he's quite dishevelled. <laughs> um, I think it was a case of they hadn't had a kill for a while at the beginning, <laughs> so they had to just slip one in. And it's Which a good kill. It's, it's probably the best kill in the film. It, it's no, uh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll discuss hairs. that. Oh well, spoiler alert. I was going to discuss it after. 
but yeah, that, that is a very good kill. Um, but yeah, it's just this, that first one was so out of nowhere. It also was uh, was actually done in Victor Crowley. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bit where he turned the light and he just runs at him. It's like that is exactly that is taken from that scene. Yeah. Thanks, Adam Green. Um, <laughs> We can't say bad things, but we met him. He was a nice guy. Um, so <laughs> Hatchet's a good film. Hatchet is a very good film. So people uh, around a campfire. One is singing the theme song, but with different lyrics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very confusing why you use different lyrics. We get into one clip, edited clips of uh, the death scenes later on in the film. Uh, uh, well, just before the death scenes. Edited yeah. over the top yeah, of this. Yeah, I didn't get which that. Which is, it's, it's a strange style, but it kind of works. It's, I suppose it's not really the death scenes, it's people looking scared yeah, or yeah. shocked. And it's around those bits though, it's like either before yeah. or after, like you see one guy being dragged. And... Yeah, so it, it's not exactly spoiler alert. No. Uh, because, you know, it's a fucking horror film, we yeah. know they're all going to be in danger at some mm-hmm. point. Um, but it's a weird technique to yeah. use. So, Max, the uh, the campfire leader, tells the story of Madman Mars, an abusive husband who lived nearby. I mean, I, I, if the film's editing is anything to go by, he literally lives right behind where they're sitting. <laughs> so, when TP is singing... Yeah. He's singing about Madman Mars. Yeah. Does he say Madman Mars? No. 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 Okay. But it, it's, he's essentially, he's singing about Madman Mars. He's like, singing his story. Because he's like singing the song. And if it's about <laughs> Madman Mars, then Max is just like, and now I've got a story to tell you. <laughs> like, shouldn't the song come after the story? Yeah, so he, uh, he tells him the story about abusive husband and farmer Madman Mars who lived nearby. And it was the same night as that night, but 10 years ago, he chopped up his family into little pieces. And he disappeared the next day. Uh, well, no, he got he got hung first by some locals. They gave him an axe to the face. Then he disappeared the next day and so did his family's bodies. Ooh. And, uh, and this is played as if it's not true at all. Well, Richie asks him if he's trying to be funny or something and then says, what's his name? And he's told they can't say his name out loud. But then he proceeds to tell them his name out loud. <laughs> and uh, TP... Being the uh, big bad boy that he is, it's like, oh, Madman Mars, that's no, called his name. No, no, it's Richie. Was it Richie? Richie's the one. So Richie. Then why does TP get told off for? He got told off, told off for the story, taking part in the story. So he was scaring the kids with the song, and then Max got into trouble, but you can't really tell Max off because he's in charge. Oh, yeah, I was going to say... they got into trouble. So TP got into trouble for a shitty song more than Max got into trouble for yeah. <laughs> telling the entire story about well, people being knacked up. He's cutting the checks, isn't he, Max? So <laughs> he can do what he likes. No, but it's Richie that starts shouting Madman Mars. Well, Richie and TP look the exact same. Um, they they look the same thing. age as well, but T- uh, Richie's meant to be a child. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> But Richie causes this whole fucking thing. Yeah. And spoiler alert, he's the only one that fucking lives at the end. Which is strange. We don't get a final girl. No, it's Max. It's Max and Richie are the yeah. ones that survive, and then the random kids that we don't really know about because obviously you can't kill kids in a. Uh, it does go <laughs> against in in that instance. It does go against conventions in that all of your main characters are killed, even the the final girl. She's gone. And then technically Richie's your final girl, but he does fuck all throughout the entire film. The Burning does something very similar as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, no, I mean... Well, we'll get on to that next week. So, um, yeah, so Richie calls out his name and he throws a stone from the campfire and somehow he gets a perfect shot and puts a window through in Madman Mars' house. He does. I don't know how far his house is meant to be from his campfire, <laughs> but even if it was right behind him, that's still a pretty good shot. That is, yeah. Well done. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so he throws a stone through his window and uh, Max apologises to Mars. He's like, he didn't mean it. He was just being silly. And he's like, hopefully that stopped him before it's too late. A little girl's paying absolutely no attention uh, for an entire story because she asks what a madman Mars is. And then she says she was so scared of the story that she couldn't open her eyes. Or she couldn't close her eyes. She couldn't open them. She couldn't open them. Okay, her eyes are open throughout that entire story. And if she didn't know what a madman Mars is, uh, as she says, then why was she so scared? <laughs> it's true. Well, Max explains that the story was his way of saying goodbye and yes. thank you before their parents... Parents visit for the weekend. 
and then they go home, which is very strange. <laughs> Why are the parents there for a weekend? Well, I, I don't know. And they go home for Thanksgiving, yeah. which really fucking confused. Because if you're trying to be a summer film... That's you, a long Thanksgiving break. Some poor bastard has gone around painting these fucking leaves green <laughs> for you to then turn around wearing a full fucking fur coat saying, oh, it's Thanksgiving next weekend. <laughs> Kind of well, was it move forward that year? And also, how is this way of saying thank you? What's scaring the shit out of them? <laughs> well, Betsy's not having it. chocolate would have been nice. <laughs> Betsy's not having it, is she? Oh, she's fucking fuming. So, and she's putting all the blame on TP and his shitty song. She's had it. She's had it with him. They all make the way back whilst Madman Mars is watching from a tree. Yeah. Can well, we talk about the cinematography in this film? Like... The lighting and everything in these scenes where you just see the outline of Madman Mars, it's fucking great. Yeah, it does work quite well. Really, actually. considering it's such a low budget film. It's one of these films as well, thank God, that is a dark film. Yeah. Because it's set, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much all at night um, and in the woods. But there's never a time where I'm like, I can't see. I can't see what's going on. I can't see. Yeah. You know, so props to them for that. Yeah. That was well done. Yeah, they, they did take good care with the filmmaking. Um, in this film, it, you, you know, considering it's a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget, um, it'd have been easy for them to just kill a bunch of people off and then sell it on as never Friday the Thirteenth rip off. But no, it, it, it is a well made film. And um, Betsy is played by Galen Ross. Mm. Um, she only actually did three films as an actress. Yeah, she did Dawn of the Dead, which mm-hmm. she's most famous for. She did this film, and she did Creep Show. Yeah. Um. So Galen Ross is Betsy. And uh, clearly, Galen Ross as an actress has a thing for lovable knobheads in leather jackets. Apparently, apparently. She's serving <laughs> a bit of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow in this. She's a little bit. <laughs> she's, she's got blonde hair and she's got just a little braid just on the right hand <laughs> side. I mean, she, she was over the age of 30 when this oh, film wow. came out. I'm not sure what age the character's meant to be, but um, <laughs> a little braid on the right hand side of her face isn't really going to. Uh, take the ears off her. <laughs> well, Richie um, spots Mars in the tree and he follows him home. This isn't going to be the first time. This is the first time he does this, but it's certainly not the last time. No. Um, Mars lights a candle, makes himself at home in his own home, but then he puts it out and uh, and goes for a run. Stacy has a gossip with Betsy about TP, doesn't she? Yes. Um... Basically, Betsy. Be- Betsy wants a space. Yeah. Tupi's a little full on. Yeah, she she needs she to be wants, her own independent space. You know, he keeps asking her what we're gonna do when summer camp's over, and she's like, "I'm a free woman. You mm-hmm. know, it's nineteen eighty one. Yeah, I can do and see and say whatever I like." Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just been a bit too much. He is. But Stacy is so grateful of uh, Betsy's friendship to the point she says to her. I don't have many woman friends, but I think you're one of them. There we go. <laughs> she thinks she is? They also agree that all the crazy men need a, a light and a siren. <laughs> yeah. Bee-boo, bee-boo, bee-boo. <laughs> That's exactly how they put it. Bee-boo, yeah. bee-boo. And it would make, apparently make it so much easier for it them. So much easier. Uh, <laughs> A really good gag in this film is Max has a bet on... Uh, is this... it a good gag? I think it was quite funny, the <laughs> fact that what happens later on with this. Yeah. So there's an axe in a piece of wood outside. And uh, it's a tree stump. A tree stump. And it's like it's like the sword in the stone. It's impossible to get out. Um, and, and Max has a bet going on that if anybody gets it out, I, I don't know, give them some money or something. $100. $100. And... Uh, TP's, you know, trying to be a hard man, trying to pull it out. He can't do it. Um, Max can't do it himself. And that's left for now, but it, it is revisited. So, uh, there's a random guy asleep. What, what does, no, no, no. What does Max say after TP tries to get it out? TP's say? fuming that he can't. Max says, winning, losing, what's the difference? <laughs> Play the game with a fair heart and you'll always be able to look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> This film has really random parts of dialogue, particularly <laughs> at the beginning, that are like a morality yeah. tale. That are so weird. If, if, if I was stood there, if I was talking to somebody I was friendly with, you know, or, or my boss at work, and they turned around and said, winning, losing, 
what's the difference? Play the game with a fair heart and you'll always be able to look at yourself in the mirror. I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Talk to me like a normal person. But there is moments of dialogue. Yeah, the, it, like, it looks what? like they're preparing to do a full monologue yeah. in these scenes. Uh, and at one stage, one character does do a full monologue oh, with a knife in his hand. Oh, yeah. So we'll get to that bit shortly. But in the meantime, the, as you mentioned earlier, there's a random guy. He looks like Madman Mars. He's asleep in a chair with an empty bottle of whiskey. Stacy wakes him up. He goes to get more whiskey. Opens a cupboard and Mars comes out and just fucking slits his throat with his nails. Mm-hmm. It's a really graphic scene. It really, really good practical effects. And that man is never mentioned. He's never mentioned. No one gives a shit about and him. When everyone goes looking for everybody, no one gives a shit about this A guy. lot of this film is people looking for other yeah. people that have gone missing. This guy is never searched for once. No. No. Mars takes the body home with him. Richie's still there. Um, watches him bring the body and watch him run away again. <laughs> Max uh, gives a speech thanking everybody for all their hard work this year. Uh, Betsy's still fuming about the campfire stories, and this time she's even unhappy with Max about it. Oh, she's. Oh, I'm not sure if we're allowed to say this, but she's a bit of a Karen. <laughs> she's a bit of a Karen. She is, yeah. Now, I hope I don't offend anyone with that. <laughs> um, but she's. She'd like to speak to the manager about these scary stories. Max said, oh, I didn't re- he didn't realise. And next year, he won't tell the stories no. to the younger kids. And if anyone's offended by being called a Karen, please don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he, he's, he's made his peace. And she's, she's all right with um, TP now because he makes a public apology to her. He does, bless his heart. He's not a bad guy. No, he makes a public apology and everyone claps for him and Max goes out to play cards. Yeah, he does. He's going to the pub. We then get the best sex scene in the history of cinema. We get an undressing montage. We do get an undressing montage. We even see the necklace come off and everything. We get to see uh, TP's belly button. And we see his belt. What's on his belt? Buckle? What's on his belt? Buckle. TP. Is it really? I missed that. His initials. (laughs) I was Uh, too mesmerised by his belly button. So when we say TP, we we don't mean like a tent. It's the initials TP. (laughs) And the initials TP are on his belt buckle. (laughs) Yeah, they're undressing. Uh, There's a cheesy love song gone. Yeah, it is. About how you don't have to say you love someone. Don't need words to know how I feel about you. (laughs) They get in the hot tub. And uh, apparently, we've all been doing sex wrong all these years because apparently if you want to have sex, you just have to go around in circles in, uh, in a hot tub. Well, it's like something from a David Attenborough documentary. <laughs> in terms of, it's like the mating rituals. <laughs> and they're in this hot tub and they're, they're going around. So they're uh, socially distanced. And they're going round the edge of the hot tub whilst, like, spinning, but, like, looking at each other in, like, <laughs> really cheesy smiles at each other as they're, like, spinning, but also going round. And it goes on for ages. It's it's like the planets around the sun, isn't it? It's like, you know, those... Like, turning, but also, like, spinning. Yeah, they, they look like those rapids rides at Drayton Manor. Yeah. The boats that spin round in the water. That's what they yeah. look like. Um, and, and also, I forgot to mention, um, quite another thing that's quite unconventional for a slasher film. There's no female nudity in this. There is. Is, is there? See, I swear, I, 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 I was writing this time round, but I swear to God that you see her boobs as she gets into the hot tub. I don't think I've ever seen this. I distinctly this. remember. Well, either way, even if you do, you still get to see TP's massive hairy ass. You do, yes. So they're doing a, um, their spins uh, in the hot tub. massive ass. <laughs> well, where the camera is, <laughs> oh, oh, it looks oh, fucking yeah, huge. Yeah, the camera's like right the up there. The camera's almost up his fucking asshole. <laughs> so you get them doing the spins and then eventually after about 10 minutes of spinning they have a kiss and uh, then they go underwater whilst Mars is watching them from the window Ooh. and uh, <laughs> they come back up and Betsy says I was right in the middle you didn't let me finish I don't get what she meant I don't know either 
I mean, I don't know if they're having sex underwater for one minute or so. Oh, does that mean she she was close? I think so. No cigar. Apparently. Oh. Well, you'd think she'd be more fuming. Yeah, but she you seemed know, quite happy about the, it. The kind of thing she was fuming up with before, mm-hmm. a missed orgasm, you'd think it really set her off. Yeah, but no, she's all right a bit. Richie's out in the woods now, and he says, where am I, to himself, whilst Stacy is playing the flute in her boat. <laughs> she is, for some reason, playing the There's flute. There's a canoe boat, she's sitting in it, and she's having a great time playing the flute. <laughs> she then tries climbing up a hill. <laughs> she's Sometimes she comes across as, like, really confident and, like, oh, you know, I don't need no man. And then you get a moment like this where she looks really lonely. (laughs) Just playing flute in a canoe by the lake, alone, in the dark. Okay. She then... (laughs) Part of me was hoping that the flute would be used for a death scene, but... Unfortunately, that's not the case. No. She tries... Well, I was hoping the flute might have been used for a death scene. That's what I said. Oh, you said canoe. <laughs> no, oh. the flute. She hasn't much eye lesson. Apologies. <laughs> um, so, she tries climbing a hill. Uh, I say a hill. It's a, it's a fucking tiny hill. It it's, is. it's a little yeah. bit of a slope. But it's too muddy. And she said, okay, girl, let's go. You can do it. Come on. Come on, you can do it. And she managed to get up there and she blows a raspberry at the hill. She does, but as she's going up, so, uh, because, I don't know, Madman can't go up slopes, um, he tries to grab at her ankle, misses, just as she's going <laughs> up the slope, she gets to the top, has the time to turn around and blow a raspberry, <laughs> without seeing him but there. This is one of two times this happens with her and Mars. Yeah, um, but, she, yeah, so, apparently... Madman Mars can't go up slopes. Uh, apparently he's invisible to Stacy because well, yeah. this happens later on with a car and, and he somehow disappears again. But it, it does seem to... Uh, it, it does seem to... what What's the word? Um, teleport. It does seem to teleport, yeah. yeah. He, he, he could be wherever he wants, whenever he wants. Exactly. Wherever the scene suits him. Um, which is a very Jason Voorhees thing, which is quite surprising, considering this is only it's the same year as... Film, yeah. Well. I'm sure Michael Myers has been accused of that a few times. So, yeah, so she blows a raspberry to the hill. Phil has uh, a moustache that's okay. It's not our best moustache. It's an alright moustache. Um, as, as far as, you know, I, I think the guy from Zombie Flesh It's Free is currently in the lead with the best one we spoke about. No. No, who is? Sleepaway Camp. Oh, Sleepaway fake Camp's one. fake one. That, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's true. That, that does narrowly beat uh, Zombie Flesh Eaters Free Guy. <laughs> um, but this guy, it was alright. It was okay. But he uh, has got a thing going on with Gail Platt. It doesn't suit his face. It doesn't, no. He looks very young, and the moustache ages him terribly. Yeah. Well, it looks like... He is forming another tribute band um, because <laughs> him, uh, Gail Platt, Stacy, and David, uh, another guy who's, I think, is he got a thing for Stacy? I'm you not say? sure. There's mild flirtation. Yeah. There, but they're all lying on the floor um, and it genuinely looks like they're about to film an ABBA music video. <laughs> they do. Like, they're in front of an open fire. And it's like, so they're lying on the floor, one facing one way and then the other facing the other. So yeah. that, you know, legs are facing in opposite directions. And, and it's sorted by gender as well. So yeah. the two women are lying one way and then the two men are lying the other. And it generally sort of about to start singing No Me, No You. Oh my God, yes. Um, apparently, Moustache loves the sound of fire. And then David, the fucking psychopath, gets up, grabs a knife... Uh, and then, <laughs> speaking of that, like they're in a music video, the three of them all sit up at the same time, like they're still in this music video. And then David gives this uh, massive monologue on uh, on life and it's the like human a, mind. It's and... like a fucking soliloquy from Hamlet or Macbeth. <laughs> or, Whilst know? waving this knife around. Yeah, he, he, he thinks he's on the fucking stage at the Royal Shakespeare Company. <laughs> like, seriously. It's this kind of random dialogue out of nowhere that really uh, confused me. It's like, 
It's like they're setting him up to be a suspect, but it's like, no, we know Madman Mars already exists. But then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then, then he's, he's like, ah, oh, man, he's joking. And they, they all have a laugh about it. Oh, it's still weird. It's still knife in hand, but they all have a laugh about it's it. It's strange. TP's uh, realised Richie's gone. He, he holds one of the young boy's hands and calls him Sweetie, which I thought was a little strange, and then asks where uh, Richie the Reckless has gone. And uh, the, no one would tell him. So he goes looking for him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he meets Betsy outside and he explains that he's going to go by himself now to try and find Richie. If he can't find him, he'll come back for other people. Um, so he goes off. Betsy sees a shadowy figure, doesn't yes. she, at the camp, um, which is Madman Mars, but she kind of brushes it off slightly, doesn't yes. she? Yes, oh, okay. So walks away. Uh, Gail and Moustache are setting up a tent. Uh, and we get another bit of monologue dialogue here, uh, where he's telling her how much he loves her and the moon's out tonight oh and God, so on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this is originally meant to be a stage play? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. It would be, be amazing. Mask musical, wouldn't it? Of course really? it would. I hope Gail Platt gets her a solo number. Okay. She deserves it. Um, in the fridge. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <clears throat> TP spots Mars in a bush. Um, <laughs> TP spots Mars in a bush. He does. He shines a torch on him. Then he, when he moves it away, shines it back again. He's gone. But then he is dragged away with a noose. Yes. <clears throat> I think he thinks it's Richie. So he keeps calling out for Richie. He starts slowly snooping around the bushes thinking it was Richie. I don't know why. I don't understand why he had to do it slowly. <laughs> no. Um, a, a lot of... Oh, the snooping in this film is very slow and I don't understand <laughs> yeah. why it's so slow. Uh, but yes, Madman places a noose around his neck and pulls and hangs TP from a tree. Yes, and this is the scene where he does a bit of method acting and he genuinely looks like shit. So, congratulations. Well done. <clears throat> Madman grunts and walks away. Because that's all he does, he just grunts, he doesn't well, talk or anything. What TP does is manages to like grab onto the branch... Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't he? So yeah. he, he helps himself and then Madman comes along and knocks him mm-hmm. and then that's that's what hangs him. So With a really good sound last, effect. Yeah. And we get one last glimpse at his belt buckle as well, don't we? Yes. Poor TP. <sighs> Stacy is... Uh... <laughs> but didn't Madman make a noise afterwards He's as well? A... Well, I described it as like an incoherent drunk Ted Levine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is exactly what it sounds like. It's like like Ted Levine in uh, Silence of the Lambs, but like... (laughs) (laughs) If that's all he does, that's the only noise he makes. Um, Stacey is surprised that Betsy's worried about TP. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. She's She's... like, oh wow, I didn't expect you to be worried about him. Oh my God, someone's caught feelings. (laughs) And uh, she... she, uh, Betsy tells uh, Stacy and David about the shadow she saw. And uh, David reassures her and said he'll find TP one, two, three. Well, they ridicule her first. They do they? ridicule her, yeah. They, there's a bit of gaslighting going on here. Yeah. Like, no, you ain't seen shit. Fuck off. But then they go. he goes to investigate. Yeah. I'll find him one, two, three. There we go. Maz, uh, take... <laughs> Back to the axe gag from before. He Mars walks up, has a little bit of a struggle, and takes the axe straight out of the tree trunk. So, remember, so for the rest of the film, this is um, Madman trying to get his $100. Yeah, Max owes Madman Mars $100. Yeah, so at first he was just killing for the fun of it. <laughs> um, but now he's, you know, he, he's owed 100 quid. What's that prize money? Absolutely. So he's following David for it. Uh, David finds TP's corpse and uh, Mars confronts him and we see his uh, silhouette in the moonlight which looks very, very good. And then we see him swing an axe at him but we don't know what he's doing. We assume he's killed him but we don't know how. Yeah, I don't think the budget kind of went far enough to have (laughs) everybody killed on screen. So uh, poor Dave gets the boring off-screen kill, doesn't he? Yeah. Stacey throws some shade at Betsy for uh, not being asked to go look in. And then uh, goes out south to go find... She's uh, kind of content, she? Yeah, all of a sudden. It's out of nowhere. Stacey's like, oh, well, you might be content to stay behind. 
But that's your only woman friend. Calm down. Yeah, but she's like, well, I like to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, so she goes to find uh, Gail and Mustache, who are getting it on in a tent, and she just pokes her head through. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, she bursts in on them and she t- tells them that some people are missing. And she goes, Look, don't rush, but hurry if you know what I mean. And Gail says, Don't worry, I'm coming. And I don't know if she meant literally. Um, so Mars watches Stacy as she leaves. She can't start a car. She fixes it, and as she drives off, Mars grabs the door, but she doesn't see him because he's invisible to her. Yeah. And he goes to grab the door as she's driving, so he doesn't manage to get the door open. But you'd fucking think, some, you know, a big, you know, scary madman with, yeah, you know... He's, big, he's not exactly... Uh, big, ugly face and shit white hair. He's not hard to miss, is he? No. Um, so, Gail and Moustache, they go out looking for people now, and, uh, Stacy finds Dave's headless corpse, and, uh, she runs away. Oh, so he does get a fake head, doesn't he? He does get a fake head, yeah. He does get a fake, so he didn't get an on-screen kill, but no. we get to see his We get to see the aftermath. Head, so that's cool. Um, Stacy runs away whilst, uh, Mars drags David's body away. And uh, Stacey can't start a car again, so she goes to fix it, and what happens to her? So, Madman, who's on the roof of the car... He was inspired by Home Sweet Home. Yeah. Clearly. Jumps down. Uh, he didn't quite do a body slash like no. Home Sweet Home, <laughs> but he jumps down, and the bonnet slams onto Stacey's neck, and she's decapitated. <laughs> she is. This is a very cool... So this is the scene I always remembered. Yeah. Um... I think I was always awake for this scene, at least. Uh, this is the scene I remember, because it's quite quite cool. I mean, you, you see look, blood spur out of the uh, her neck. And the, the build-up, too, is quite good, because, I mean, with Arrow's uh, Blu-ray release of this, it's had a 4K workover, and uh, the sound effects, you can hear way clearer, and you can hear him, like, climbing onto the car. You know something's going to happen. Like, at first, you could see him in the background, then you could hear him climbing on top. <laughs> and I, I, when I first watched it, I, I didn't really expect this to happen. I didn't think he was going to jump really, on the bonnet. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, it is a really great scene. Um, so after this, Mustache and Gail decide to do the classic white people in a horror film thing, and they split up. Wonderful idea. Even though they've literally just been saying to Betsy how it's better to have as many people as possible <laughs> searching. <laughs> They decide the best thing to do is to split up. Yeah. Gail spots Mars with Stacy's corpse. And instead of silently walking away, she screams on top of her voice. He sees her and chases after her. She finds Mustache again and uh, tells him what she saw. And he wants to go and investigate. Of course he does. Of course. So they, <laughs> they go to the car. And I love the camera angle in this scene. So we're shown from the front of the car where the bonnet is covered in blood. And <laughs> David's walking around every bit of the car apart Bill. from the front of it. No, it's David. Bill. Is it Bill? Bill. Oh, Moustache. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm getting my uh, characters mixed up. Which, uh, Moustache is the only one who doesn't look like everyone else as well. So Moustache is, uh, he, he's walking around the car and he, he looks at every bit of the car apart from the front of it that's covered in blood. He's like, no, I can't see anything. Let's get in and uh, drive off. It won't start, so he goes to uh, open up the bonnet, and there's uh, <laughs> poor Stacy's head. Ah, poor Stacy. Uh, <laughs> is it is it me or is it obvious that they just got the actress to like poke her head through? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was not a fake head. <laughs> no, that must have been uncomfortable for her, bless her. Um, so <laughs> after this, Mustache tries to drive off, but Mars pulls him out of the truck. And it crashes into a tree. Yeah, so we actually get the truck to start. Yeah. Which is weird, because Stacey struggled so much to get that car, that truck to start. Well, she was fixing it when she was time. Yeah, but then her head falls in it. <laughs> it doesn't start with her head in there. Take the head out, and suddenly it start working again. <laughs> so I don't, know what she, I don't know what this truck runs on, maybe blood. Um... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so it manages to start going. But as it is going, Bill gets pulled out the window. Um, Gail, 
doesn't doesn't really do much to no. her, does she? <laughs> so it crashes into a tree. But it's like it takes a while for him to like leave the window. <laughs> yeah. She could have tried to grab a leg or something. I know, yeah. But she just she does that face she does where she looks really happy but she's screaming at the same time. And uh we another really great shot, which was absolutely again, stolen in hatchet in one of the hatchet films, uh where Mars is lifting up uh, moustache and I assume he broke his back that's so I was expecting him to so no you know when the truck crashes I'm just going back just ever so slightly when the truck crashes did you not find it hilarious when Gail like very slowly fell out the door yeah. and then like really slowly rolled down yeah. the hill a very slight hill but it's like really <laughs> slow. She's like, oh. And then she sees Bill and Madman's got him above his head and like a girl, I think gorilla press, they mm-hmm. call him wrestling. Um, that's why I thought, I was waiting for him to like snap him in that's half. That's what I thought, yeah. And now, now you've mentioned it, that actually happens in Hatch. It does. Not in Madman. Yeah. Yeah. So he drags him away. Um... <laughs> Richie fucking watches him go home again. He does, yeah. <laughs> Goes inside his house again. <laughs> Richie does nothing in this film. All he does is call out Madman Mars. He starts the whole fucking <laughs> thing. He gets lost in the woods. He goes in and out this fucking house. Watches but, him light a few candles. Watch, yeah, watches him. Um, and that's it. Yeah, and watches him run away. Yeah. This time, though, he finds something in the basement. We don't know what, but he finds something. And the scene where he's walking down to the basement, they didn't have the budget to have the stairs to go down. There wasn't a basement. It was a separate set. Ah. So that's him mimicking stairs going into a wardrobe. Oh. <laughs> that classic trick. That classic oh, trick. Oh, I love doing that one. When you're walking past someone's desk and you pretend to go down the stairs. <laughs> but that was actually used. And I've never noticed it. Even this time, I forgot until just now that that happened. So, you know, he did that right, I suppose. <laughs> He finds There's something. There's an art to it, you yeah. know. Well, he finds something. We see his reaction, but we don't know what he sees. No, we don't actually, do we? Because he's rich that and... fucking gormless face yeah. that he pours. Gail runs around for a bit. Um, Mars is chasing her, and uh, he makes his way into a cabin. She doesn't... She pours an Indiana Jones, and she hides in a fridge. Yeah. She pulls all the food out. She pulls all the food out. There's no shelves or anything in there, no. but she automatically knew. Don't know what was holding all the food up, but there's no shelves in there. And she fits in perfectly. The fridge is the perfect size for her. Which is understandable, because she's, you know, she's a petite woman. Um, but what I would understand, this madman can't be that thick. <laughs> he goes in and everywhere looks completely clear. You know, everywhere's mm-hmm. nice and tidy. And there's just fucking broken eggs and fucking tomatoes <laughs> and milk. Uh, right outside the fridge <laughs> and he can't find her even though there's only one entrance and one you know exit yeah. well she stays in the fridge for about five minutes which we, we get to watch every second of her just sitting in the fridge um, <laughs> she's cool enough she uh, tries to escape but she gets an axe to the chest and that is the death of Gail Platt well yeah she thinks the coast is clear but she fucking dawdles yeah, and she looks so happy when she gets the axe to the chest. The coast is clear, and she just goes so fucking slow. <laughs> well, what, what is she, what's she going to fucking do anyway? She might as well. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe I played Friday the 13th game too much. Um, but go out the fucking window, silly yeah. bitch. Don't go out where he's going to be. You know he's going to be there. <laughs> well, Betsy finds Gail's legs uh, through the window. Yes, she did see him. Uh, so she gives Max a call, tells him what's going on. He's playing cards when she calls him. But she doesn't actually tell him. So she no, she says it's Max covered in blood. And tells him about the blood. Um, and it happened earlier in the film. Oh, I can't remember who it was. Where they didn't specify exactly what was going on. I uh, think it was her, about the shadow. It may have been her, but no, no. But anyway... Um, so she calls Max and doesn't actually specify that people have gone missing. She says, <laughs> blood, there's blood. I'll get here quickly. Yeah. So Max finishes his game of cards and uh, Betsy loads up a shotgun. She's a woman on a mission now. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> 
<laughs> Probably good to that helps. Yeah, so she she um she loads a shotgun. Gail is pushed against the window. <laughs> so it weren't the last we saw of Gail. No, we see her face pressed up against this window and Betsy's had enough of this, so she just shoots her in the face. <laughs> she doesn't, doesn't seem too bothered about it either. She doesn't to be She's like, oh shit, Gail, and runs away. Like, oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, she gathers... <laughs> didn't realise you. <laughs> gathers all the kids, puts them in a bus, and uh, as she's driving it away... <laughs> Mad Mad Marge just jumps in front of us like, woo! Yeah, he does. So she slams the brakes, doesn't want to run over the guy that's killing everyone. And, uh. Does she, does it stall? This film's very reliant on vehicles not working <laughs> yeah. or stalling. Well, either way, it's stuck and. Like, seriously, they need a fucking bigger budget for that camp. <laughs> Get yourself in the view. If you had more than fucking five cam- uh, camp campers at a time and you're paying six counsellors maybe you could afford a proper fucking vehicle <laughs> well madman's trying to he's trying to get his way into the uh, to the bus he's uh, popping his hand through the door and betsy bashes him with a baseball bat and makes his hand leave try saying that five times quickly how no um so <laughs> so after this uh, betsy tells the kids to drive to the police station <laughs> There's one older kid, fortunately. As old as Richie? I'm sure Richie? what these kids... Well, yeah, probably. He, he does look... Probably old enough to be a counsellor. Yeah. I really don't understand what these kids are there for. Yeah. Like, their ages... One of them's very small, but then the, the one of them's quite a bit older. Yeah, I I don't get why... What's with the mixed age range? I mean, Richie Lothog's in his 30s. And they, they talk about the campfire tales as if it's something that they all do every year and it's a yeah. big part of uh, the camp. So has it just been those five campers for the whole time? It's confusing. Yeah. Well, this one, we, we hope he's old enough to drive because he drives away. Um, we don't know what happens to those characters. So... Uh, Betsy is still a woman on a mission, so she goes to look for the others. She goes to Madman Mars's house, and we get to see her approaching the house for about ten minutes. Yes, with a shotgun pointed up into the air. Yes, very dramatic. She goes in there, and we see him slowly following her. They have a bit of a scrap. He scratches her in the face, and then drags her down to the basement. Well, what happens is she hears a strange noise and shoots willy nilly, doesn't yeah. she? Um, and it turns out Madman's behind her. So um, she's used up both barrels of this shotgun. So mm-hmm. she needs to reload. And while she's reloading, he scratches her and drags her into the basement. Um, where he then puts her on a hook. Yes. Very, very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, it does what Texas Chainsaw wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, was have the hook go all the way through. Yeah. And go through her chest. Uh, Texas Chainsaw... Toby Hooper wanted a PG rating, um, but also wanted to see a hook go through a woman's chest for some reason. And they were like, oh, well, you can't actually have that if you're actually going for a PG rating. <laughs> Surprisingly enough. Yeah, so we actually get to see it in this film, and it's a great practical effect. It looks really good. Um, she stabs him as he walks away. This causes him to fall into his candles... Because he, he's got a thing for candles, hasn't he? He's a typical white candles girl. Man, man, yeah. Man. He loves yeah. them. I think this one's a, a fresh linen. Yeah. Well, it, it sets his house on fire. Uh, we get to see the bodies in the distance of everyone who's died up until that point. And the corpses of his family, I assume. They look like they've been rotting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that's the end of Betsy. Um, Max what? finds Richie on the road. Yeah. Uh, Richie says, Madman. He's real. Actually, Mad Mad Mars, he's real. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the beginning of the theme song. And then we see Richie's stupid face uh, edited with the corpses yeah. in the burning down house whilst we hear the theme song. Is it burning down? I mean, it was... Uh, the basement's burning down. Yeah. Um, and But then we see the silhouette of Mad Mad Mars in front of the moon again. Um, which is the same shot from earlier. So I don't know if that is meant to be him escaping. Um, I think it is. So obviously they're setting up for a sequel. Yeah. So I think the whole idea is that the, the place burns down. Um, getting rid of any evidence. So they blame it all on Richie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that makes sense. 
But yeah, and then uh, at the end of the at the end of the end credits, we get a jump scare with the title. <laughs> you got that at the beginning as well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that's Madman. Uh, an hour, a really short film. Like it's an hour and twenty four minutes, something like that. It's really short. It's it's a short film that's also kind of full of filler moments. Yeah. As well, let let's be honest. If it didn't have those investigative moments, it it could have been about an hour long. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's pretty much like many slashers. You know, I, I don't think we'll ever get a three hour slasher epic. Uh, mm-hmm. Will we really? No. Um. It's very formulaic. Here's your story. Here's your killer. Here's your victims. Kill them off one by yeah. one. You know, and then you get the ending, and then there's variations of that. You know, uh, general premise. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one does does it well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's like I said, there's there's a bit of filler. Um, you know, some of the dialogue's a bit iffy. Yeah, but you know. It adds to the it's campness fun. of it. And, yeah, you know, it's, it is quite camp. Like I said, I, I mean, I've got nostalgia with it. And I, I think it's a great film. I I, I think I, I could easily recommend it to people. I think, you know, if you're a slasher fan, it's an essential. Yeah. Uh, it's a must-watch. Uh, if you're a horror fan in general, you know, not big on slashers, check it out. It's, uh, it is a lot of fun. Yeah, if, if you like Friday the 13th, if you watched Friday the 13th mm-hmm. and said, do you know what, I like, enjoyed this, you will enjoy Madman. Yeah, You know, absolutely. it's as simple as that. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's Madman. That is our, our first week at Summer Camp Slashers Done. So that was, you, you've been at Camp Gary this week. Next week you're going to Camp Chris. <laughs> Here he is, Camp you Chris. Just call me? <laughs> and Camp Chris is bringing you to Berlin yeah. next week. Oh, God. That does sound good. <laughs> He's bringing you the fire. Imagine that for a Tinder profile. <laughs> Camp Chris is bringing you that fire next week. Uh, yes, the burning. One the... of the best slashes of all time. It, uh, yeah, really. I actually think the burning is better than the original Friend of the 13th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, yeah, it's got a lot going for it, and I can't wait for us to watch and yes. discuss it. Yeah. Um, so, before we get onto the socials and stuff, I want to give a shout-out to something that probably wouldn't make it to my film of the month because there's no doubt I'll watch a bunch of five-star films and that'll make it there. But whilst it's fresh in my mind, I want to mention Host um, because I want to recommend it to people. Okay. Do you have anything to say on, on Will Host? Will you say your birth? Yeah, no. It's, so Host is a new film on Shudder. I, I promise we're not being sponsored. We're not, you know... When this isn't an advertisement. This is a genuine recommendation from a horror fan to horror fans. Guys, we want to get the word out to the, the twenty people that listen. But but if you uh, if you want to sponsor us anyway, Shudder, you know, here we are. Um, but no, seriously, um, Shudder, fifty seven minutes long. Watch it. It's uh, in the way that um, you know, in the tradition of fan footage films, every now and then come along, being really good at doing something new. This does something new in that it's a lockdown film. Yes. It is a coronavirus film. It's a 2020 film. So it was all filmed this year. Um, it features a mask. It features social distancing. Yeah. Um. But that's not the plot of the film. <laughs> so no, it no. uses it, but it's not like that fucking cheap shit Corona Zombies that Four Moon Films put out. Ooh. Where they basically edited Zombie Holocaust and put... Um, like coronavirus dumped over the top. Um, this is a this is just use. It's just in our current situation, and it's a ghost film. It's a found footage ghost film, but it's filmed all over Zoom, and it's at the length of a normal Zoom chat with a bit of extra before where it's just one person on their own. But yeah, it takes the forty five minutes basic Zoom chat before you upgrade, and it uses it for a horror film, and it's fucking scary. It's intense. Yeah, it's well done. It's very, very well done. Um, you know, it doesn't rely heavily on jump scares when they use. They use to, you know, great effect. It's, yeah, it's one of the best modern ghost films I've seen in a while. Because, let's face it, nowadays, it's rare for one to stand out. Yeah, and, and I, I think the whole idea that it was filmed under lockdown... Uh, really helps it as well. It, it's nice to see the creativity 
um, occurring in these strange circumstances. Yeah. So props to them for that. Yeah. So go watch it. It's on Shudder. They've got a seven day free trial at the moment. So even if you're not signed up, get it, watch it and thank us later. So if you're on social media, let us know what you think of Madman. If you want to talk about host, we'll talk about that. Great. We're a Horror Cult Trash Shover on Facebook and Instagram, Horror Cult Trash on Twitter. I'm DeadEyeGaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, GazCruise92 on Twitter. I am ChrisBarker823 on Instagram, Letterboxd and Twitter. As always, if you listen on iTunes, rate, review and subscribe, like and follow on Epic House. And we will see you same time, same place next week with a burn-in. Until then, don't forget, don't say his name. Ooh, bye.